as an HSP, do you struggle with insomnia? Do you wake up in the middle of the night and you have a lot of trouble going back to sleep? What if I told you that the way we've been taught to think about sleep might actually be completely wrong? This is part one of a three-part series on highly sensitive sleep. Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Healing Podcast, where we meet the joys and challenges of our sensitivity with open minds and hearts to awaken our best highly sensitive selves. Welcome my friends, Tanya here. And in this first episode of our three-part series on sleep, we're going to talk about the history of sleep, what sleep actually is, how it works, and how our quality of sleep can affect our overall health as highly sensitive people. So why even bother with the history of sleep? Why is that important? One of the most important things I've learned on my highly sensitive journey and throughout my life is that we can't really know how to improve where we're going, how to make positive changes, until we really look at and understand where we've been. A while back when I discovered the history of how we used to sleep, so many pieces started to fall into place for me as a highly sensitive person. I've had sleep issues for decades, and so for years doctors gave me sleeping pills and I took quite a lot of them. I've tried every over-the-counter sleep aid, usually with really unhealthy results, like being a zombie the next day and just having brain fog to where it was really hard for me to function. And I've tried alcohol as well, which usually ended up having the opposite effect of a good night's sleep. So in my journey to discover more about why I couldn't sleep, I came across this really fascinating paper written in 2001 by a historian, Roger Eckerk. And in this paper, he revealed historical evidence that humans used to actually sleep in two distinct blocks during the night. He found over 500 written references to a distinct sleeping pattern. He found it in people's diaries, even in court records and in medical books. And it described what was known as both a first sleep followed by a second sleep. These records date back hundreds of years and, to ref and refer to these two sleeping times as common knowledge among everyone. So this is something that everyone would have known about. People would go to bed for a couple of hours, they'd wake up for a few hours more, do different things around the house, or they'd visit with neighbors or pray, and then they'd go back to sleep for the second half of the night before finally waking up for the rest of the day. The sleep pattern began to slowly change though as artificial light became more common in, his, in people's homes and in towns and cities until about the 1920s, and then after that, it wasn't mentioned again in any historical records. So let's just think about that for a second. How many thousands of years can we just presume, really, that we humans slept this way? In two separate blocks of time, only until about a little over a hundred years ago. And we've slowly been pushed to conform to a sleeping pattern that was created pretty much entirely by artificial light and industrialization. In the 1990s, the National Institute of Mental Health in Maryland conducted a really interesting experiment where people went without artificial light for up to 14 hours. And after just a few weeks, all of the participants fell naturally back into this pattern of first and second sleep. The study subjects first lay awake in bed for two hours, then they'd sleep for four, 
Then they'd wake up again for two or three hours before finally falling back to sleep for about four hours. And then they'd wake up and start their day. Because of our uniquely heightened nervous systems, as HSPs, we're so sensitive to all forms of stimulation from our environment. All the noises, the lights, the social situations, and work environments, and about a hundred more of these things, and all of them can affect our ability to sleep. We're easily stressed and overwhelmed, and we can feel a lot of times like we're even too tired to sleep. Either we can't settle ourselves when we first go to bed, or when we wake up in the middle of the night, we really struggle to go back to sleep. So when we start to look at our recorded history, we can see that our sleeping problems might actually be rooted in our body's natural preference for segmented sleep and how, as highly sensitive people, we might actually be more affected by this change of sleeping patterns. Sleep psychologist Greg Jacobs says, for most of, for most of evolution, we've slept a certain way. And so waking up during the middle of the night is part of a normal human physiology. And he goes on to say that the waking period, these natural periods of rest and relaxation, could actually have played a really important role in our capacity to regulate stress naturally. In historic records, there was evidence that found people use this waking time between the two sleeps to meditate on their dreams and to spend quiet time praying and reflecting on them. According to Dr. Jacobs, Today, we spend less and less time doing these types of things, so it's really not a coincidence that in our modern life, the amount, the amount of people who report anxiety, stress, depression, alcoholism, and even drug abuse has increased. Another professor of neuroscience at Oxford University shares the same view. Russell Foster says many people wake up in the middle of the night and they panic. I tell them what they're experiencing is actually a throwback to this bimodal sleep pattern, a natural pattern of sleeping for human beings. So as highly sensitive people, if we suffer from insomnia and other sleep troubles, are we really actually just more in tune with this age-old sleeping pattern? I really think that's up to us as individuals to answer for ourselves. But what we can say for sure is that roughly 62% of adults worldwide report having issues with sleep. They have trouble either falling asleep and staying asleep, and that many of the medical problems that doctors see are actually related to sleep issues. So let's talk about our dreams as HSPs. Everyone dreams, we know this. We spend probably about two hours a night dreaming, even though we may not remember most of what we dream about. The exact reason for dreams isn't really known, but some think that it may actually help us to process our emotions. So for us, the events of the day can often invade our dreams, and when we're overwhelmed with stress or anxiety, we're more likely to have frightening or troubled dreams. And it's also thought that dreaming might help us to process any unnecessary information or memories, so we can only store what is important to remember. But it is possible to remember our vivid dreams long after we've had them. I know if you're an HSP, this has probably happened to you. I know I can remember quite a few of my most powerful dreams, even decades later. It's thought that stress and traumatic events can also be one of the major causes of vivid dreaming because of the role dreams play in processing our emotions and memories. So it's not surprising at all that as HSPs, since we usually experience more stress and overwhelmed, that we dream so clearly and vividly. And our dreams can be experienced in all stages of sleep, but are usually most vivid in our REM sleep. 
I won't go into the, all the four stages of sleep today, but I will add a link in the show notes if you'd like to explore more about them. So until about 70 years ago, sleep was always thought of as a passive activity, but we now understand that our brains are highly, highly active when we sleep. We spend about a third of our lives sleeping, but what we really need to be aware of is how much of this is actually good quality sleep, because it's as important for our brain function as food and water is, and how we sleep affects almost every tissue and system in our body, from our brain to our heart to our lungs, our metabolism, our immune function, mood, and disease resistance. According to the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, research shows that a chronic lack of sleep or getting poor quality sleep increases the risk of disorders including high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, depression, and obesity. So without good sleep, we can't form or maintain the pathways in our brains that let us learn and create new memories, and it is harder for us to function and concentrate and respond quickly without good quality sleep. And while we sleep, our nerve cells, our neurons, communicate with each other, and studies suggest that sleep plays sort of a housekeeping role in all of that, so it removes toxins in our brains that can build up while we're awake. As highly sensitive people, we can easily tell the difference how much and how well our sleep affects every part of our lives, from our smallest daily tasks, to our energy levels, to our overall physical and mental health. And I think we need even more sleep because our nervous systems work differently and we have even more stress and overwhelm than others, so we're more tired and we need more recovery time. Because for us, a bad night's sleep is not just detrimental to our never-ending to-do lists, but over time, it aggravates our already overwhelmed and hypersensitive nervous systems. Occasional lack of sleep is to be expected, of course. But when it becomes chronic, we really need to start to take a serious look at what the causes might be. And even though it's practically impossible for us to return to the first and second sleep cycles of our pre-industrial ancestors, I feel just having the knowledge that there there might be a deeper reason for our sleep troubles, it can really be empowering to know that there's something else at play and we're able to understand ourselves in new ways as we search for solutions. We know our sensitivity can ebb and flow depending on what we're dealing with in our lives at different times, but I think we can all agree that anything we come up against as an HSP is easier to deal with when we're well-rested and recharged. So what's the answer to getting better sleep as a highly sensitive person? In the next episode, part two of this sleep series, I'll share some of my favorite highly sensitive get good sleep tips. I'll share how you can make a sleep plan that works for you, how nutritional deficiencies may be affecting your sleep, some unique and different ways to get better sleep that might be new to you, and how you can sign up for my free 10-day highly sensitive good sleep challenge. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the good stuff. And I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for spending time with me here on the Highly Sensitive Healing Podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday. And if you ever have a question or a comment or even an idea for a future episode, please feel free anytime to send an email or an Instagram message. All the links you'll need are in the show notes. And if you found value in this episode, please share it with a fellow HSP 
or someone who cares about them and wants to learn more about what it's like to live as a highly sensitive person, 